0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and
1: more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal land. This is ABC News Daily. The Yes campaign for the Voice to Parliament ramped up on the weekend with rallies around the country, For now, though, the polls suggest more Australians will vote no when we head to a referendum. But what do First Nations people in the most remote areas of the country think? Today, investigative journalist Jane Barden takes us there and reveals many residents have never even heard of The Voice. Jane, to get a sense of what First Nations people in remote communities think of the Voice, you travelled to two communities in the Northern Territory. I want you to take me first to Menyiri.
0: Well, Menyiri is a beautiful little community of about six hundred and seventy people, and it's surrounded by lovely red rock escarpments, very dramatic and gorgeous, full of springs and waterholes. Mm. And I went in the town to talk to a group of men who were doing the federal government's community development program, which is the work for the Dole scheme. So I had a chat to all the workers there and one of the CDP workers was Darrell Martin. Hi, I'm Darrell Martin. And um, I basically asked him, had he even heard about the referendum for a voice department? Do you know anything about it? Have you heard about it in the news or anything? Um, no. We normally don't have TV much, don't watch it.
1: So, Jane, he's not the only one, though, is he, up there, who hasn't actually heard about the voice, hasn't even heard about the referendum that we're planning to have later this year?
0: No, I asked another of the workers, Chris Farrell. He's a young dad, and I asked him the same question, and he He hadn't heard of it either. Have you heard about that one? No, no. Nah. So I explained to him what it's all about—that a voice to Parliament would be a permanent body representing Indigenous people that would help advise the government on policies and laws which potentially affect their lives—and he said, in theory, oh, yeah, he thinks it theory. sounds like a good idea. I think it's really good idea. We need more jobs available. Yep, and we need more fundings. Yep. to keep everyone happy. And so, basically I asked all the guys on this programme, and I also spoke to their supervisor, Warren Wilfrid. He'd never heard of the voice either, but when I explained it to him, he did think it's something that could be helpful. And he said that in Minieri, way out in the bush, people feel there that their voice isn't really being heard and that his community is really in dire need of funding for things like better work for the dual programmes to help more of the young people get into yeah, jobs. I, good, but I think it's a good idea to have voice to, to, the, to the Parliament for Aboriginal people. Is it hard for you in Mineri to feel that your voices are being heard in the Parliament? Probably, yeah. we we'll never never reach out there yet. But I hope one day, yeah, we'll have a voice in Parliament.
1: So, Jane, broadly, the community in Menieri have never heard of The Voice. It's a real shame, isn't it, that that message isn't actually getting through to them?
0: It is, but in some ways, I guess it's not that surprising. I mean, there clearly hasn't been much of a grassroots community campaign in the NT. I also spoke to some of the community's leaders and traditional owners, and again, they had heard very little about it, if anything. Um, Naomi, can I get you to introduce yourself?
1: I'm Naomi Wilfred. I'm from the community. I'm born and raised
0: in She's a senior Aloha elder and a community leader in Minyiri. Have you heard about the federal government's planning to have a referendum on having an Indigenous voice to Parliament? No, I never heard of that one. But, like, they should be looking at that. You know, come back and consult the right to yours. So that um, maybe we can be all, participate and be part of everything, you know, not only just Aboriginal, but white people as well. And I did find that surprising because although Minieri is seven hours drive from Durban, people here have been quite politically active in the past and tuned into the news. Naomi Wilfred, for example, was among a group of traditional owners who travelled to Sydney a few years ago to have a big lobbying campaign against gas fracking on their country. Do, do you feel, being out in these bush areas, that sometimes it's hard to get the ear of government, to get government to listen to yeah, what your needs yeah. are? I feel that very hard. But step by step, we are going to come in and try to work together and get them in
1: negotiate. Mm, okay, so Jane, even though these communities in remote areas of the Northern Territory haven't heard of the voice, the concept of it does seem appealing to them. So they seem to think that it is something that they need, that they want.
0: Yes, certainly whenever it's explained to them, people are feeling really that in theory it could be a good idea. And that was also what I found when I went to another nearby community called Nooker. It's about two and a half hours drive away from Munyeri. Um, on the Ruper Highway uh, on our way to Nuker, we did have a bit of bitumen and even a, a bit of um, double lane highway. And now we're on to the dirt. Um, and it's a bigger community. It has about 1300 people living it. It's in the heart of cattle country. And there are 21 different clans from seven different language groups living there and it's nestled on the bank of the big, wide Roper River in spectacular burnished orange Rocky Ridge country. And there was a bit more awareness there because the NT's Indigenous Land Councils have started going around the territory advocating for The Voice and they had visited Nooker in the previous week. But community leaders I spoke to in Nuker including Lang Nungugu, senior elder, and renowned artist Walter Rogers, still feel like they don't have enough information about it. You gotta come to the community and then people gotta know what it means. We gotta fully understand it before we can make a decision.
1: So it really sounds like, Jane, that there's this lack of awareness about what The Voice is and how it could actually help communities like the ones you've been visiting. So let's now, though, have a look at what are the biggest barriers facing the people there? What actually needs fixing? Well, in both the communities i visited, people are worried that very few locals
0: have really the education skills and the qualifications that they would need to be able to get the few available jobs in the community. And that's partly because jobs available include things like in health education services, managing Aboriginal organisations, doing trades like plumbing and electrical services. So really, a lot of these services and jobs are filled by white outsiders and when you look at a community like Minieri, 80% of working age people are dependent on the dole, are basically unemployed. And when I asked the CDP worker, Chris Farrell, about that, he said really that a lack of job prospects in the community is really leading to young people starting to drop out and get into trouble. And it's leaving many people struggling just to buy their basic groceries.
1: Yeah, it's really hard to get a job
0: run. Yeah, it's... Sometimes we have to go on this networking thing and just probably wait for months and months just to get a job here. And what does it mean for young people too? Like, is it a worry? Can young people start getting bored, into trouble if they don't yes. have jobs? Yeah, that's what happened. They get bored, go on town, buy drugs, get drunk, you know. Because there's nothing here in this community to do. That's why we got people go away from here.
1: So, Jane, in these communities, even though you didn't find many people had heard about the voice and about the referendum, did people think what's planned, when you explained it to them, could help them address the problems they're battling day to day, the problems you've just outlined?
0: Well, people like the Alawa elder Naomi Wilfred... She really thought that anything that involves more listening by the federal government could potentially be helpful, but she still has some concerns that the body might be too distant from her remote area and basically might just become part of the Canberra political bubble. Her concerns were really similar to some of those being raised by opponents to The Voice. For me, I don't think I'll ever trust that. It could be a liar, maybe. Unless they come front, you know, and be face to face, one on one, and sharing what their plan is. Mm.
1: But of course, Jane, there are others who think the voice really could help close the gap. Yes, when I was in Nooker, I spoke
0: to one of the community's residents there, Dave Guy. He's a Mara man, a Stolen Generations man.
1: And all through my 40 years of life and career, I haven't seen a lot of change that should have occurred by now in terms of health outcomes, education outcomes. And uh, I believe it's a lot to do with the systems, the parliamentary structure.
0: And he said he thinks really that it's imperative that the communities get this voice now because he feels really that time is running out.
1: I believe it is the last card Aboriginal Australia has to play. I don't think there's any other chances and that we'd have a voice that is clearly embedded and enshrined in Parliament. Okay, so Jane, what do you think needs to happen now in these remote communities? Because it seems like the biggest hurdle currently is they don't seem to have enough information about what's actually going on.
0: Well, it's clear really that these communities do need to be informed more about what the voice is before they actually go to vote themselves. Um, But it's interesting too, communities are also really fed up with having their hopes raised because government's really stretching back to the Howard administration and beyond. They've often formed and disbanded different Indigenous bodies to advise them, and sometimes they've listened to them, sometimes they haven't. So people and the organisations who are going to go and inform these remote communities about the potential of The Voice need to be really careful not to raise expectations about what it could achieve to unrealistic levels because really that risks increasing the deep cynicism about politics and policymakers that many of these communities already have. We are in the corner. We have to stand firm that we got to hear and understand what government intentions are.
1: Jane Barden is an investigative reporter based in the Northern Territory. According to the latest news poll, the No Campaign is leading by a margin of 47 to 43%. This episode was produced by Veronica app and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.